Throughout the day, everyone feels fatigue and failing endurance, and it can't be fixed with more caffeine. This is why I take Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and are good for you. No guilt and no more afternoon coffees or energy drinks or candy for a quick pick-me-up. I take two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews as part of my daily routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for my day without a caffeine crash or all of the processed sugar. And I've personally begun taking Super Beats Heart Chews for a while now, and I know it makes a difference in my energy. Plus, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews supports normal blood pressure and is heart-healthy. Take charge of your health and do what I do every day and take Super Beats Heart Juice. For my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com up to 45% off at danasbeats.com. Thank you, Karine. Um, on the solar panels, how is this not a gift to Chinese uh, solar manufacturers, who many of whom operate with forced labor and are subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party? Um, so, you know, today's announcement is about one country and one country alone, and it's about the United States. It's about the re reliability of our power, of our power grid. It's about reducing cost uh, for American families, and it's about enabling uh, domestic solar manufacturers to move forward uh, with their projects. The actions that we are we are currently doing is being applauded uh, by members of Congress, by labor, by climate groups, by U.S. CEOs, and domestic solar manufacturers as well. Uh, the 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 actions do not apply to any materials imported from China. Uh, import duties will remain in place on solar cells and panels uh, from China or Taiwan. So it has nothing to do with, with either. It's about making sure that we're delivering for the American public. Yeah, well, the uh, solar panel issue. I don't really give a rat's ass. I don't care. If you guys want to, if, if this administration wants to sit here and make us all slaves to China, and, you know, we can all join the Uyghurs up there in Jiangjiang making uh, crappy Nikes for Colin Kaepernick so his, his skinny ass can sit on the bench for another couple of years, then by all means, let's go ahead. Hi, Tuesday. Welcome to the program. It's that kind of a day. And uh, it's a thousand degrees in this studio. We may actually have to run a best of because it's so hot. It's so hot. So we'll see if we can finish the show today without the cameras melting. It's a thousand degrees in Texas, the, and and someone's going to uh, someone's going to die for touching the thermostat. And I'm not joking. Someone's going to die today for touching the thermostat. I didn't touch it. No, I am the man when it comes to the thermostat of the studio. It can't get cold enough in here. Got all this equipment. All right, so the Defense Production Act, why can't we just use the DPA for uh, building, I don't know, more oil and gas? How about that? Use the DPA to maybe get the, uh, I don't know, maybe to expedite the approval of all the leases and the drilling and everything else. That would be great. Could we just do that? Why do we have to, let's build more solar panels that people can't afford. Yay! They're like $15,000 for one of these things. You know that? Did you know how expensive these things are? They're super expensive. It's like fifteen grand for one of those things. I mean, I don't dislike solar. Out of all the alternative energies, solar is the least stupid. I actually, I don't dislike solar at all. I like solar. I have solar. Yeah, I don't have a problem. Because you know why? There's lots of sun. But to use the Defense Production Act to build things that 
now most people can't afford because of Biden inflation and was expensive even before that. I it's so just so dumb. Where's the asteroid? Where's the asteroid? Right. So this uh, piece, Washington Examiner first had it. The Defense Production Act increasing domestic production of solar panel components for his green energy agenda. I mean, yes, you have to pay $5 an egg. But you know what? Green energy, guys, yay. You get to virtue signal. You love the planet more than the other guy because you're willing to outsource your, your pollution to China. And see, that the pollution, that means it doesn't exist because you don't live in China, so you don't see it. That's how that works. You know that? Yeah, if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. There are babies that have more object permanence than most adults in the White House nowadays. But there we have it. The DPA, they're going to do photovoltaic modules, blah, blah, blah. I just don't even care about any of this stuff. Create a, I don't care. It's all stupid. It's all dumb. Gino Raimondo, the Commerce Secretary, said they're going to carry out this the inquiry in response to requests that it sped up the investigation. They're going to announce blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. I think this whole thing is so dumb. He's doing this at the exact same time. We need more oil and gas, and they don't want to do it. Nope, we're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Doesn't make any sense. And the CEO of Solar Energy Industries Association, oh, they're, they're, they're applauding this. They said, oh, his actions are protecting existing solar jobs, increasing employment, but it's not, but it's all... It's not a, an organic. It's all artificial. And I don't care about your solar jobs. Oh my gosh, I don't care. Don't care about them. Look, if the market supports it, yay. If the market doesn't and you have to go begging to, to the government for a handout, like some Oliver Twist character, then no. I don't, then, then, then I think that, that your job's irrelevant then. If you have to beg for subsidies in order to remain existing because the market can't support you just yet, it's not a bash on green energy. It's a bash on the way we regulate it and the way we fund it. All right. I think I've paid my dues. So we have to go to this story. They don't make eye bleach yet, right, King? No. You know where I'm going, don't you? Oh, we're going to Funky Town with Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hunter Biden. Oh, he's in trouble again. Well, no, he's not. Who are we kidding? He's not in trouble. No. So the latest thing with Hunter Biden is that he's, and this is all, all these, thank heavens that, who, which is this? Into, oh, thank heavens. New York Post, thank you so much for blurring out the images, like in your tweets and all that. It's so great. Hunter Biden cavorts with Hooker. And illegal gun is the headline of this piece. It's not an illegal gun. He's just in illegal possession because he's high as a kite on cocaine. And this is so gross. He's got his finger on the... This is the grossest. He points the gun at the camera. Naked as the day he was born. Oh my gosh. It's so gross. And all of these laws from... All all of these photos from his laptop... They, the headline is Peck and Heat. So gross. Nude, it's, he's not. Nude Hunter Biden cavorts with Hooker illegal gun in the latest mess for president. It is, he's waving a handgun around. It's on video. And then they've got stills. He's pointing it at the camera. 
and finger on the trigger. I mean, that's not like the, that's a bad thing, but there are other many horrible things about this. I don't know if this is the handgun that his sister-in-law slash lover threw in the trash can across the street from a school or not. Which, by the way, I'm assuming would violate in addition to the way that she disposed of it, the uh, Gun-Free School Zones Act. Because it's legit right across the street. I looked it up on the map when that story came up. So this, the, the video was recorded on October 17th, 2018, according to Radar Online. Who had the unfortunate task of writing this story? They revealed its existence. They, they, the woman is apparently a prostitute. And in order, five days earlier, so the video is on October 17th, 2018. Five days earlier, he bought a handgun in Delaware. And that's what Politico reported. Now, he had to fill out a 4473. And one of the questions is, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or depressant stimulants, narcotic drugs, any other controlled substance? To which he answered no. Which clearly he was and is. So here five days later, he is... Yeah, in these videos. Now, this um, weeks, I guess, after this, because five days, he buys the handgun. Five days after, he does this, takes, does this video where he's pointing the gun at the camera. He's got his finger on the trigger, posing with it, totally naked, all this stuff. He's acting like a, you know, a 14-year-old wannabe gangster, except he's a 50-something-year-old grody pervert. And... Weeks after this is when, according to the New York Post piece, his uh, lover slash sister-in-law, I always hesitate as to what to call her, sister-in-law, former sister-in-law, former lover, now like she's his ex, a lot of stuff, that's when she took his gun that he had just laying in his vehicle, threw it into a supermarket garbage can, and then the Secret Service and FBI got involved. And the the Secret Service absolutely did get involved. They just wouldn't answer questions about their involvement. This is so gross. Who does this? And so, yeah, it was a a Jansen's market. Hmm. Boy, I'm just... You know, his dad wants to uh, ban guns. It seems like he needs to get... I mean, he can't even... He can't even... Make his own kids follow. Yeah, well, I am because you're a crap parent. He's Joe Biden's not a good dad. I mean, let's look at the let's look at the evidence. He's got multiple kids on drugs. Apparently, Bo was the only one. I don't know Bo's history. Apparently, he was the only one that kind of walked a straight path. But his other two kids on drugs and major problems, major drama. The girl, the daughter, she's my age and was keeping a diary, left it in a hotel room, and then somehow it ended up in the hands of project veritas and then they try and then the they got raided after the white house denied that there was the existence of the diary they thought they were going to secretly raid project veritas he's a mess of a dad and that's not mean to say you know why we don't say it enough about crap parents and that and then we end up getting kids that go out and kill people because bad parents should be shamed society used to hold people like this responsible with shaming 
Now, it's bad to shame. I think if you're a garbage father or a garbage mother, you should absolutely be publicly ridiculed. I have very harsh opinions about bad parents. And this is the result. The result is we have this feeble old man in the White House whose son is an absolute hot mess. I mean, if Hunter Biden was on cops, it would be more entertaining than the time this one perp tried to climb a, a, a phone pole, telephone pole to get away from the police. And that was an amazing episode. Oh, but wait, there's more. So I like how the Daily Wire says laptop lady. That's how they describe her. (laughs) The Las Vegas laptop lady who came up on his laptop, she apparently got a over $20,000 check from the federal government for her female owned sole proprietorship. Oh, my gosh. Please put a hand over my mouth. Because, um, okay, you know what? When you are, I guess, this woman, that is, you are the proprietor of your, you know, and then when that's your business, there you go. I guess so. Who knew that just by having a vagina, you could get twenty over $20,000 from the federal government? The check was cut to Cheryl DeBoves, and it was part of the uh, Coronavirus Paycheck Protection Program bailout. She listed it as saving one job in the field of independent artists, writers, and performers. So, but her writing and performing was of the sexual variety. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. So, she actually wrote a text to Hunter Biden in August 2018 saying, quote, Honestly, babe. The problem is you have too many girls there. I understand you like a lot of girls, but that's fine. Do one at a time. The tops to which is fine, but just hire the second girl for like an hour, end quote. So apparently he was just going through prostitutes like mad. Ew. Oh, we all need ear and eye bleach now. So gross. Huh? Yeah, mm. yeah, the monkeypox thing. Oh, yeah, he would totally be like a candidate for that. Super yeah, speaking of which, can I just, I have this coming up next hour, but I'm not going to, I think next hour. Actually, I don't know when. It's coming up at some point later on in the show. But I just, speaking of this sidebar real quick, you know how the CDC confirmed uh, 31 new cases in the U.S. and they're advising travelers to wear masks to protect monkeypox? Like on your butt? For real, why are you, why are, why is the CDC telling people to wear masks for a non-respiratory virus? You know how it's spread, right? Through the sex. That's how it's spread. So why are they telling people to wear masks on their faces? Just saying. Just, we'll come back to that. I just wanted to put that out there so Kane would wipe his face uncomfortably. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your 
your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Apparently, not getting enough sleep every night can make a person find other people around them uglier. Probably because they are uglier. You're supposed to get your sleep. It makes you rested. It's a Swedish study. Of course it is. They found that people to be less attractive when they had not slept the night before. Wait a minute. So when the people don't sleep the night before, everyone else is ugly? It's probably you ugly. You're ugly because you didn't get enough beauty sleep. The research team says this this is worrying because getting less sleep could lead to antisocial behavior. Because people are ugly. <laughs> oh, let's see. Apparently... Joe Biden snubbed D-Day for two years in a row, but he did give a proclamation on National Ocean Month. And Boris Johnson survives after a convincing confidence vote. We got more in store. Stick with us. It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us. And if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes with my code Dana. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana code Dana. Good Ranchers. American meat delivered. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. These lawmakers are going to try to now have a narrative to focus the country's attention to say, look at this thing. Do not turn away and understand that while all those other things are really, really important, the foundation of our country, what makes our country function, is the democracy that we have to protect. And they're going to have to do that in the face of Republicans who are lying still about the 2020 election and who are getting elected and installing people who have um, the really motivations that were that were what happened and, and why people broke into the Capitol in the first place. Yeah, that was Yamish, I don't know, NPR, talking about the J6 theater that's coming on Thursday. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. The, the whole thing, the, the hearing is, is just kabuki theater. And the reason I say that it's not serious, nor should it be taken seriously, is because it's not a bipartisan thing at all. I, I mean, not at all. In fact, I mean, they Republicans didn't even get to suggest who they wanted on the commission. They were just two of the some of the the most the leftiest Republicans that they could put on it. And that's that's what they did. The whole thing is is insane. I just don't get how you can charge people with trespass or unlawful parading when you have cops there waving everybody in. Right. 
I mean, if I were if I was someone who was there January 6th and I saw people waving people in, I would think, oh, they're telling you that they want you to go this way. I mean, what are you supposed to think when they do that? I I don't like to I'm very cautious when it comes to getting into some of the speculation about this and some other other issues. Doesn't mean I shut it out. I'm just very cautious. But I got to tell you, all of the times that I have been to D.C., all of the times I have been to protests, I have made speeches at protests. I have been all over the Capitol complex. I've been all over the mall, all over the ellipse, uh, the ellipses, everywhere. I have never seen, and they, I've seen a lot of imagery and video, and including you know eagle eye kind of. Uh, you know, aerial photos taken to show where and just how much security was present. I've never seen so little security in my life for an event. And I think that's purposeful. That's my opinion on it. I think it was on purpose. I think that it was purposefully withheld. Now, that's not to say that there weren't some bad actors who definitely took involved, definitely were involved in vandalism. I mean, it wasn't anything uh, to the level of Antifa or BLM. It wasn't like what Democrats did in the Hart Building in the Senate uh, back in the uh, late 70s when they bombed it. Or even the environmentalists sit in when they were damaged. So it wasn't even, wasn't even that. It wasn't anything as, uh, to the level of what you usually see with leftist destruction. But it was some vandalism nonetheless. And those people are paying the price that you would expect Rioters who burn down entire city blocks to pay simply for trespassing or unlawful parading. I am of the mind where I don't believe it's possible for a taxpayer to trespass on public property. I am not of that mind at all. If I pay taxes, that's mine. I mean, there's... Whatever my money is worth in the massive chunks of money I, I send to the Treasury every damn year is this forced theft scheme under threat of penalty. You got to pay 30 plus percent of your income to the government so you just stay out of jail. It's an extortion scheme. It is. And I should at least have like my name on a stone at that building. So should you. So no, it's not possible for a taxpayer to trespass on public property. I was reading, there's a lot of information about some of these people. Like this one guy is looking at like 20 years in jail because he, you know, he wasn't even involved in, he didn't break any windows or do any kind of uh, interior destruction. But he, he went in and was following everybody as they were getting waved in. And I'm, and I'm just wondering how in the world is he facing that, much time how is he facing that kind of time how is he facing that level of that charge at all there was one uh, a guy from new mexico he was the first guy who was acquitted matthew martin he had four federal charges and he didn't uh get involved in destruct he didn't destroy anything they charged him with knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority again i think that that's a bunk charge Disorderly conduct, which impedes the conduct of government business, disruptive conduct in the Capitol building, pandering, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol buildings. 
geez. Those Capitol buildings were built on picketing. And they charged him. They had four charges. And he actually was acquitted of all of them after a two-day bench trial. Because he was like, uh, yeah, I here's video of all of these people, officers waving everyone into the Capitol. They waved him. They And it showed them. He's like, yeah, I mean, I see how he got that impression. It was, I mean, there was no beyond reasonable doubt to think that he just did it on per. I mean, you could see they had video that they played during the trial. So he was acquitted. Do you know how many people saw? That's what I'm wondering if that, you know, if this guy, some of these people, there were so many who were, who were waved in. It's just, they're, it, it, this is just, it's so, it's just so, um, such theater. None of this is serious. Not a single bit of this is serious. And I, I don't know. I think some of these people are being punished simply for free speech. To face that kind of time for being there. I mean, again, Antifa, you had the vice president of the United States promoting their bailout fund. That's insane. Entire neighborhood blocks. People were killed in the Antifa and BLM riots. But you didn't see the DOJ or anybody going after them. Because that's their playbook. We, I, it's a cultural civil war that we're in right now. It's a second American revolution. The revolution predated any kind of actual armed uh, conflict, which I hope our country never sees again internally. But it is definitely a, the second American revolution. A few other things, especially as you see all of this. I mean, you have to look at what the government has done. The IRS stuff with Tea Party groups back in 2009 through 2012. The VA hospitals. Democrats colluding with the DOJ and the FISA court so that they could get surveillance on citizens who worked with the opposition's campaign. And you have to ask yourself if you feel comfortable with that kind of a government being able to control how you defend yourself. Matthew McConaughey, if you sign up for the newsletter, I had a big piece last night where I responded to his gun control editorial in the Statesman piece by piece. He's in D.C. today. He was in D.C. yesterday. He's in D.C. again today. He had dinner with Joe Manchin last night. Now, he's, he's a native of Uvalde. He moved when he was uh, from Uvalde when he was young. But that's, you know, he knows that area. And he previously had, has given speeches at March for Life where he called for an all-out ban. And we've played the audio before on the show. I have the video on my Instagram account. And I also linked it in the newsletter last night where he's called for an absolute all-out ban on semi-automatic rifles. He was very cautious not to include his previous demands for bans on semi-auto rifles in his op-ed. He was very careful about that. But he's all over the internet demanding it. And I do, while I do appreciate that he didn't jump into this conversation with the usual ad hominems that we all ex- like have come to just expect from gun control lobbyists, he does not understand the discussion at all. 
He doesn't. And he didn't, first off, he, he said that, for instance, in a couple of things, he was talking about the South Carolina church massacre. He said that the killer was able to get his pistol with a completed background check due to legal technicality. It wasn't a legal technicality. It was human error. There was no legal technicality. The people who were dealing with the paperwork messed up and identified the killer as being from the wrong town. I wrote about this exhaustively when it happened. And at the time, FBI Director James Comey, I know, but he released a statement explaining what exactly happened. He was saying that it was this individual who was within the Lexington County court system. And she was trying to get information about what town, Columbia or West Columbia, and she didn't know the geography, and she put the wrong town, and so he was able to purchase a firearm. And here's the thing. It wouldn't have even mattered, even if there had been a waiting period so that they could deal with the, you know, the, the discrepancy, because it was a clerical error. That was, that was Comey's exact words. And the FBI didn't even confirm that the, that the sale should not have even been allowed until two months after the massacre. He was already should have been disqualified because in that state, you only have to be charged with a felony to lose your two A rights. And that's a whole other issue of discussion. But he was charged with felony possession in 2015. He was arrested on charges of possession of cocaine, methamphetamine and LSD on February 28th, 2015. That alone disqualified him in South Carolina from legal carry and purchase. And then his father purchased a handgun for him for his 21st birthday. That's a straw purchase. Two months after he's charged with a felony, his dad buys him a gun so that means and that's a felt that's a felony that's punishable by 10 years in prison and two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine so the authorities make a mistake and we're supposed to get punished for it there was a very excellent point from a listener named pam who said that there are background checks throughout the nation which is true she said when you're 18 there's not a lot to check especially when schools hide chronic criminal behavior like in parkland Robert Runcie, the superintendent of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, made the determination that they were going to pretend crime had decreased because they were going to not report the crime. That was reaffirmed during the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Commission, the the School Safety Commission. And she says that they hide chronic criminal behavior. Loudoun County Schools is a great example of that. They hid the trans sex offender rape attacks on two different girls moved that student to a different school. They hid his felonious criminal activity. They tried to implement this reduction of what they called the school-to-prison pipeline. Well, you don't reduce it by just not counting your crimes, their crimes, by, in fact, not actually alerting law enforcement and establishing a record. You're guaranteeing that they're going to do something more serious. The other thing McConaughey said incorrectly is he said that where it concerned the killer in Uvalde that he purchased two rifles. He goes, he obeyed the law because he purchased them legally. The killer didn't obey the law. He murdered 21 people. No one reported his behavior in order to establish a record and adjudicate him ineligible to purchase. Age isn't the problem. The average age of mass shooters is 33.2 years old, Rand Corporation. 
as well as the Rockefeller Institute on Criminal Justice. The Vegas killer was 64, Virginia Tech was 23, Sutherland Springs 26, El Paso 21, Pulse 29, Thousand Oaks 28, San Bernardino 29 and 28, Fort Hood 51, Pittsburgh 46. Raising the age does nothing. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible. And gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I do have to say just on the issue of... uh, uh, gas prices after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies. The average cost of an electric vehicle, as we've talked about, the base price is like 56 k she basically, Debbie Stabenow from Michigan, she's basically going, don't be poor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, don't be poor. <laughs> the, whims the, the whims of oil and gas. Tell me that you know nothing about oil and gas without telling me that you know nothing about oil and gas. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. That's just like so dumb. She like she's up there with her jewelry, you know, and her silk jacket and. She's just like, I drove past all of the gas stations. I was in my 56,000 base price electric vehicle. Me, Debbie Stabenow. I sound just like her in my mind. Is, I mean, that's, that's like Hunger Games stuff, man. Don't be poor. Just don't be poor. And like something with the whims with oil and gas, like whatever. Like, that's her right there. That's like Elderly Valley Girl, in a way, you know, in Michigan. It's amazing. I do think it should be ridiculed. Yes, it should be ridiculed because that is so bad. Just like it should be ridiculed that the CDC is telling everyone, make sure you wear masks for the sexually transmitted disease. The monkeypox. Just get, oh my gosh, I just got the most craziest band name ever, Kane. I'll tell you later. But that. It is as goofy as that. The CDC is telling everyone, maybe you should consider wearing masks on your face for the sexually transmitted disease that is monkeypox. I mean, it'd be better to wear the mask on your butt. It would. I said it once. I'm saying it again because I feel like the CDC doesn't understand what it is. It's like it's a sexually transmitted virus. So and it was popping up in some places where you think it might pop up at. Just saying. 
It doesn't make you're gonna. We're really gonna do this? Really? Please no. Please no. Wear the face masks. Like on your face? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's not a respiratory. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, maybe if you fart, it is, but it's not. It's not my fault. It's the CDC's fault. They were the one who said this. I have to share the news with you. Never Don't been, give me that look, never people. Been more happy for a break. We have a whole other hour of fun coming up, and we're going to go give you the latest with the Senate and their two-way legislation. Keep it here. Throughout the day, everyone feels fatigue and failing endurance, and it can't be fixed with more caffeine. This is why I take Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and are good for you. No guilt and no more afternoon coffees or energy drinks or candy for a quick pick-me-up. I take two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews as part of my daily routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for my day without a caffeine crash or all of the processed sugar. And I've personally begun taking Super Beats Heart Chews for a while now, and I know it makes a difference in my energy. Plus, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews supports normal blood pressure and is heart-healthy. Take charge of your health and do what I do every day and take Super Beats Heart Juice. For my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com up to 45% off at danasbeats.com. Cancel culture is coming to your bank and holding the wrong political views might soon leave you out in the cold. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest episode of The Bill Walton Show, Todd Zwicky, Paul Watkins, and I discuss what is already happening, how the Biden administration is already pursuing this agenda, and what we can do about it. This progressive culture offensive is relentless. It's coming for you, and you won't hear about this anywhere else. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We know we can do something that would have prevented this, raising the age, mm-hmm. making sure that the age at least gives us a chance to work with that person, see and evaluate and, and have a little maturity to them. And the second thing is that, uh, uh, that we know that the red flag laws do work as long as there's due process. So you think raising the age from 18 to 21 for all gun purchases? Well, that's, it's, it's where it is, everything except for rifles and long, run, long guns right now, or if it's just for these high-capacity high weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever they want to do, I'm open to doing something that makes sense. Why do you think people even need an AR-15? Do people need I one? Know. I mean, you have to ask the people that do. I, I never thought I had a need for that type of a high-capacity high It's not a high-powered, high-capacity. In fact, they, you can't even... Some states had, had restrictions on even hunting with them because they didn't have enough stopping power to take down a deer. But you're going to believe this NPR garbage that they liquefy organs, which is literally what they said in a piece today. Welcome back to the show. Second hour of our program. I'm Dana Lash. It's good to be with you. DanaLash.com is the website. Uh, You can go there. You can access the newsletter that I send out for you uh, multiple times throughout the week, including radio prep every morning on Substack. And uh, the link is also in all of my social media profiles as well. So this was Joe Manchin just late yesterday, and the Senate has been making some progress on a couple of different proposals. I told you how the House had been considering an omnibus, so to speak, of gun control bills, eight in total, including the Protecting Our Kids Act, which is which was in the uh, Judiciary Committee. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, they had meetings about it last week. The Senate reconvened yesterday, and so now they're all discussing 
uh, these gun control proposals. And it seems like everything is on the table. The age increase and the red flag proposals are the things that I think have the most chance of getting through the Senate. And I see some people have said, well, you know, this is probably not going to make it through the Senate. I don't necessarily agree with you on that uh, because there are too many Republicans that are a little soft on the second. And this is why, you know, I've been very, very cautious and very particular about a number of these Senate primaries, like with Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz and looking at, you know, uh, uh, Missouri, for instance, you have uh, the Republican primary Senate race there. I think you have the AG Eric Schmidt, who's been a strong two A guy. He defended the McCluskeys. And then you have uh, Eric Greetens, the disgraced governor who made the Capitol a gun free zone, uh, did not want to support constitutional carry and blasted Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act. So, yeah, well, he's a Democrat until 2016. So but anyway, you, we don't you cannot have soft on the second candidates like this, because imagine if this stuff drags on to after midterms. And I told you yesterday, Democrats only have 14 seats to protect. And these are all likely rated likely D by Cook Political Report. They're likely D seats, meaning that these seats most likely are not going to flip without some you know, miracle. There are 20 some odd seats that Republicans have to defend. And there are more seats that Republicans that would be flipped by from Republicans to Democrat than from Democrat to Republican. So even if Republicans take over the Senate after midterms, it would maybe be simple majority 50 50. I mean, we're it's 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 going to be pretty much like it is now with Democrats. There's just the numbers aren't there right now. House is different. Senate's not. That's why all of this is so important, more so than I think ever before. The Senate races are the most important this time around. Now, this being said, they uh, I saw this this point that John Cornyn and John Cornyn's people are mad at me. I know. I know whatever uh, I, people can get mad at me. I'll remember that when people come knocking on my door for, you know, whatever later on. Uh, I say that kind of jokingly, kind of. But. Again, I'm not in this to make friends or be besties with anybody or to do consulting jobs or anything like that. I don't care about any of that. I like ideology more than I like the political aspect of it. I'm more ideological and less political. There's certain principles on which I will not compromise. And I follow those principles. When it gets political is how it advances things that I believe in, right? Like lower taxes and gun rights and life, etc. And I thought Cornyn actually made a good point. And Chad Pergram from Fox quoted him. And he specifically was discussing uh, this, the age and uh, the age restrictions. And so Pergram quoted Cornyn as saying, Cornyn on youth background checks for Uvalde killer. If this young man's background had been part of the checking the background check system, nobody would have ever believed that they will buy firearms because he turned 18. He says essentially everything that happened before he turned 18 was not available to the system. That's true. I don't understand why juvenile records can't pull over, especially when you're talking about serious felonious activity. Case in point here. Parkland. Robert Runsey, as a part of this reduction from, they called it the school to prison pipeline. And I wrote so much about this. And I, and not just me, Andy Pollack, my friend Andy Pollack wrote about this in his book. And this is also something that the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School Safety Commission had noted. As a part of their reduction from the school to prison pipeline, whatever, Robert Runsey, he desperately wanted a grant from the federal government. And this was under Obama-Biden. And this is when they had uh, 
uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the na- the guy who's the Department of Education uh, under Obama Biden. His name slips slips from my mind. Uh, but anyway, he ended up Runcie ended up receiving a grant because he was reporting low uh, rates of criminal activity from students. And it wasn't because students were committing fewer crimes. It was because they literally stopped reporting them. Robert Runcie's approach was to just not not report felonious activity. I mean, you're talking serious, like felony activity. I'm not talking about just like battery or uh, talking about, you know, somebody calling somebody a name or any any misdemeanor or anything like that. Serious crimes. They just stop reporting. And the Parkland killer gets caught up in this. It's why so many of his threats to other students weren't reported. And Pollock was aware of it, too. And so was his daughter that the killer ended up murdering. Everybody knew that this killer had serious issues. Everybody did. And they reported it. I don't have I haven't seen anything reported where the Uvalde killer had been. Law enforcement showed up to his house a few times and they were aware of his escalating violent behavior. But in Parkland. You had over 46 visits from Sheriff Scott Israel's folks to this killer's house, and they did nothing. And I'll never forget Israel had the audacity. If anybody deserves, if any cop ever deserved to be protested and ridiculed, it's him. He is every bit of what you would ever think a bad cop is. He is a he's a caricature of a bad cop. Sat next to me on stage on national television and had the audacity not just to blame me but to blame all of you for his inability to do his job his refusal to do his job in fact some of the threats i would argue and not just me but some of the da's in florida a number of prosecutors in florida argued yeah this should have been escalated to immediately have him brought in He could have been rendered a prohibited possessor before purchasing his firearm. That's not me saying that. That is a number of prosecutors who wrote op-eds in Florida Florida newspapers. And I read them all here on air and I linked all of them on the website. And I've even included them in earlier versions of my newsletter on Substack. Nothing was done. He just stopped reporting it. Look at Loudoun County. You had a trans student raping a female student in the bathroom and they were hiding it. They just moved him to a different school where he assaulted another female student. So why are we not reporting this behavior? Number one. And number two, if you commit a serious enough of a crime that as an adult, it would make you a prohibited possessor. Why is a juvenile record not carrying over once you turn 18? I'm all for having that conversation. In fact, it's past due that we have it. A lot of these mass murderers, and I wrote about this in Hands Off My Gun, had juvenile records. Why didn't they carry over? It wouldn't even be an issue, a purchase. And so I think Cornyn makes a good point there. Because he's saying, why is this stuff not being reported? That's the million dollar question. Why? And consider this too. 
here you have Lindsey Graham, who is trying to incentivize states adopting a red flag bill to bypass any Tenth Amendment objections. Why are we not incentivizing the reporting of underage felonious criminal activity? Why are we not incentivizing states making sure that uh, maybe adopting, if they have to modify a law, the carrying over of serious felonious activity from a juvenile to an adult when you turn 18? Why are we not incentivizing states? If you're going to have a background check system, which is a separate conversation to the constitutionality of it, just for clarification, I have different thoughts on that. But if you're going to have a background check system, and this is how it works, you have the National Crime Information Center. You have numerous categories where someone does something very dangerous and then the law determines that they are no longer eligible to legally purchase or carry. When that either conviction of criminal activity or the adjudication, meaning the process through which someone goes before a judge and is able to face accusations and defend themselves And then it's still determined that they are a danger to themselves or others due to mental illness or they're just depraved and evil. I mean, there's differences. Not every person who struggles with a mental illness is evil and not every person who's evil has a mental illness. Evil would love to hide behind the the inappropriate, the classification of mental illness, though, so that they can convince evil can convince people it doesn't exist. It stigmatizes people who legitimately struggle with mental illness and not everyone who has mental illness is a danger to themselves or others. It's a horrific stigmatizing that we do in this society. We got to stop because then people don't want to get help. Defeats a purpose. But to my point, there are numerous classifications in the National Crime Information Center. So if someone is determined by a judge to be so dangerous to themselves or others due to mental illness or another reason especially if it's mental illness, that's also supposed to go to the National Crime Information Center, but yet not all states report that if it's adjudicated to be ineligible. Not all of them report it. That's a, Why not incentivize just making sure that you have... That's what happened in Sutherland Springs. That individual, individual was a convicted domestic abuser. He should not have, have been able to purchase, but his, his uh, conviction was never reported. And as a result, he was able to legally purchase. The background check system is only as good as the people running it. Like in South Carolina, I was just explaining to you, that church massacre, the FBI had to release a statement saying it was a clerical error. Matthew McConaughey in his op-ed where he got a bunch of things wrong, and I'm going to address two others of those coming up at the at, after headlines, that wasn't a legal technicality. That's what he said caused it. He actually blamed existing law for it, which is so wrong. And I think Matthew McConaughey, if you're going to go to Washington, D.C. and lobby our lawmakers about abridging our rights, a penalty to, to people without due process, you need to understand the amendment and the current law if you're going to do it. And all the facts of these stories. I understand the passion, but at the same time, that passion is running afoul of truth, which is an insult itself. If you're not making sure that the information that you have is correct. That killer in South Carolina, that was a clerical error. That was the exact verbiage. It was used by the FBI because the woman who was processing the paperwork didn't understand the geography and messed up. He had already been charged with a felony. So by South Carolina law was already considered a prohibited possessor.
Just because the Biden administration paused their creation of a disinformation board doesn't mean the fight is over. This is why I'm a proud supporter of Patriot Mobile. Across the country, free speech, religious liberty, and your constitutional rights are under constant attack, which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. Free activation with Code Dana, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. Same nationwide coverage as the major carriers and peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempt to silence you. Plans to fit any budget and 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support, shares your values, and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make the switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. Or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This is actually amazing news. Doctors are left stunned after cancer disappeared for every patient in a drug trial, raising hopes that treatment is this the tip of the iceberg and can be used to help people fighting other forms of the disease. A clinical trial of, and I'm going to say the name of this, treatment. It's called Dostar Limeb, Limeb, I don't even know, cured 18 patients of uh, basically colon cancer in the U.S. They said that was the first time it's ever happened. They're all kind of freaking out about it. It's the it's the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York, and it's a monoclonal antibody drug that's approved to treat endometrial cancer in the U.K., and it smashed expectations at this trial. Everybody, every 18, all 18 participants went into remission. Doctors could not find the disease in their body at all. Unbelievable. So that's such great news. Uh, also, Dave Chappelle, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Jack Flattery slammed uh, five ta- the Tampa Bay Rays players for refusing to wear a rainbow logo for Pride Night. Now, I love the St. Louis Cardinals, but I think that Jack needs to just be quiet because people can do what they want to do. You want to do what you want to do, so shut up. Nobody, nobody cares, Jack. Stop. Uh, Dave Chappelle is donating uh, ticket sales to uh, the victims at the Buffalo grocery store, which is very kind for him to do. And Eric Swalwell's campaign spent $62,000 on travel as gas prices soared. I guess it costs a lot to bring your uh, Chinese, your communist Chinese lover from Beijing into uh, California, right? Hmm? Stick with us. We got a lot more in store. Much of the media doesn't cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how Biden continues to lose support in the Democratic Party, how the gun control debate is back on Capitol Hill after that school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and how Biden's new plan to fight inflation is bad, bad, bad. Don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. You're talking about a constitutional right to keep and bear arms. People who are law-abiding citizens are in good mental health and uh, aren't a threat to the public. Um, And so I think focusing on concerns about mental health and on people with criminal background records is a is an obvious area where uh, i think we can work together hmm. and that is john cornyn 
I think he makes a good point. He's made two good points so far today. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And later on, we have Senator Mike Lee who's going to join us, not just on all of these issues in the Senate. He's got a book that's out as well. Uh, the reason why I'm focusing so much on this issue is not just because the president had a primetime address on it, but because Senate's reconvened yesterday, and this is one of their, this is their top priority. And they have been uh, having a lot of discussions on this uh, with regards to what kind of package are they going to, uh, for gun control, are they going to be able to put together? Now, and then, then you have Biden and the Defense Production Act with the, uh, the solar panels. Just, just crazy. The, and Cornyn is involved in the discussions of this. There are a couple of different bills in the Senate, but the one that's moving is the Lindsey Graham red flag bill with Richard Blumenthal. And that looks like that's got legs. Here's the psychology of this, the electoral psychology of this, or campaign, I should say, campaign psychology of it. We're going into a midterm. And very clearly, we're going to see, I think, without any question, Republicans take over the House. The question is going to be by how much. The harder job is the Senate. You have, I think it's 23 or 24 seats that Republicans have to defend. 14 for Democrats. All of the Democrat seats are rated by Cook Political as being safe. Not all of the Republican seats are. The chances of a Democrat flipping a Republican seat is a lot higher than a Republican flipping a Democrat seat. So for this reason, even though Republicans have the momentum going into midterms, most of that is on the House. I think if you if this I think if this was a general election, not so much a midterm, but where we had, uh, you know, a presidential election. And if you had a very popular candidate, I think that those and this momentum going into it, I think the coattails of that candidate would drag more of that Senate success, would drag a few more people across that threshold. And I think you would because that does there that absolutely has an impact. But it is what it is. As a result of that, Republicans, particularly in the Senate, are acting with a lot more caution. I liked the soundbite that Cornyn, from Cornyn just then. And I've been asking for him to clarify, to clarify, because I want, I want to hear him say that on this program, not just for the millions of people living or listening across the country, but particularly for all of our, how we got a ton of affiliates here in Texas, so they could hear what he's saying he made a point that no one else did no other lawmaker has has mentioned this and the point was according to chad pergram from fox cornyn had said that the youth background checks his his complaint is that if you have a serious enough criminal history with an under 18 then that needs to be added to their adult background. The juvenile record needs to carry over. I think that's a very good point. We don't know about Uvalde because they sealed that killer's records. And I have not seen any new reporting on them undoing that. No other lawmaker has made that point, though. And the reason it's so important 
is because the last three or f- three or four mass killers all had juvenile records that did not apply when they turned 18. That's incredibly significant. Why, instead of increasing the age, which takes away an existing right without due process, while people are in that weird kind of adult purgatory, 18 to 21, like I said, I was out of my house. I know so many people who were out of their house then. Instead of punishing them, why do we not have those juvenile records carry over so that when someone with a bad criminal history turns 18, that shows up? Now, again, the existence and constitutionality of background checks is a separate issue. I'm talking about in the context of them existing. No other lawmaker, not even Ted Cruz, and I don't think Senator Lee has. He's going to be on later. Nobody else has brought that point up. Now, Mike Lee, who's going to join me next hour, will know the legality on that because I do want to ask him about that. Like, for instance, why instead of reducing the doctor-patient confidentiality so that doctors, anything that sticks out, they take it to a judge, why not just make sure that any kind of adjudication for mental ineligibility due to illness or mental illness or whatever Why not just make sure all those cases are reported instead of reducing doctor-patient confidentiality? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like there's a way you have a solution, but they don't want to take that solution, a very Occam's razor-esque solution, but they don't want to do that. They want to instead just blow it up. I don't know how else to put it. I can't caution you enough. Red flag proposals are the most dangerous things that have been proposed in your lifetime, in my lifetime. It is the removal, red flag is the removal of due process. The entire design is set up for abuse. There was a student who made a stupid comment on social media in Florida and they raided him. A guy in Maryland lost his life because of a no-knock Red flag, because they're all ex parte processes, meaning you don't even have to know what's going on. We talked about this yesterday. Matthew McConaughey is going to be on Brett Baer's show tonight, and I was asking Brett Baer, please ask him some questions. I don't want to see a softball interview. I, I think that he is being, Matthew McConaughey, I like that he's not engaging in ad hominem, but he's on video calling for a ban, and that's his word, a ban on semi-automatic rifles. He's very careful in his op-ed not to say that, but he's saying it anyway. I, I don't want to see a softball interview. I don't care if you're an actor. If you're going to go with your armed security to D.C. to lobby for the irrevocable change of our rights, you best know the amendment and you best know the law. Have that much respect for people to know what you're talking about. I say that with total kindness, but I'm being incredibly blunt. I have no, no ill will towards him at all. And he's, you know, a Uvalde native. But that doesn't make his points true. He had a ton of things wrong in his op-ed, and I addressed those bit by bit in my newsletter. I talked about 
how it wasn't in South Carolina with that killer. It wasn't due to a legal technicality. It was due to literally human error. That dude already was charged with a felony and by the state law was considered a prohibited possessor. He said Matthew McConaughey called for a waiting period and he said, quote, uh, a waiting period to purchase an assault rifle. He said that there's uh, studies uh, show that it works. He said they studies show mandatory waiting periods reduce homicide by 17 percent. No, they didn't. I have seven different studies that say otherwise, all independent of one another, and I cited two of them here. I've written about three others in my, one of my books. In fact, from Moran Corporation, waiting periods, quote, waiting periods are intended to reduce suicide, violent crime, and mass shootings in several ways, they explain them. While it's plausible that the cooling off period could reduce impulsive interpersonal gun violence, evidence exists for potential effects of this mechanism in reducing suicides, but... Waiting periods may serve only to delay suicides than prevent them. Evidence from a cohort of handgun purchasers in California found that while almost no firearm suicides were committed by this population during the state's 15-day waiting period, the most elevated relative risk of suicide uh, occurred in the first week after the receipt of the weapon and remained highly elevated over the first month of purchase. Moreover, most firearms are purchased by individuals who already own a firearm. And a separate 2017 study found on average gun owners had close to five firearms each and a large majority, 62%, purchased their most recent weapon from a licensed gun dealer. For those who already own guns, a waiting period will have no effect. PolitiFact also had more. PolitiFact actually said that it is true. There's no statistical evidence that a waiting period for handgun purchases reduces violence whatsoever. They quoted... um, a number of different studies, including one from Georgetown and Duke that I did not even cite. If people are hell-bent on committing carnage, then a, w- a, little, a little delay is not going to stop them. So he is wrong there. He's wrong in a couple of other places on assault weapons, which everybody knows FBI Uniform Crime Reports, they're responsible for the fewest homicides. I just think if you're going to be a lobbyist, he's, he's with his armed security in D.C. If you're, we can't all afford armed security, can you? Where's this class warfare coming from? The people who can hire people? That, I mean, you're literally asking the help to take a bullet for you when you do this. I can't think of anything bougier or more class warfare or elitist than demanding that everyone else be disarmed while you have your own armed security. You are outsourcing your own responsibility to protect yourself and your family to armed security. It's weird to me. But I think if you're going to be lobbying lawmakers, you probably should know the law. But of course, half these people in D.C. don't either. So it's the blind leading the blind. It's so frustrating because none of these arguments are done in good faith. None of them. You can't tell me that it's done in good faith when you're when you're writing an editorial in the Statesman and you're getting basic information about previous cases that's public information incorrect. And you know what? Yes, it is about life because more people protect their lives with lawful use of firearms than criminals take them with illegal use. So you're damn right. It's about life. These proposals do nothing but restrict the defenses of the innocent. They don't reduce the number of killers. It increases the number of victims. 
It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. <sighs> okay, I have two questions. Um, first is, how do you not know how to operate a jet ski? Number one. Number two, why would you steal something that you didn't know how to work? And uh, this is one of the goofiest things I've ever seen. Uh, a Florida man legit straight up stole a jet ski and did not know how to operate said jet ski. 48-year-old Florida man was arrested. On Sunday, Volusia County Sheriff's Office responded to an assist. The Ormond Beach Police Department, it was an in-progress theft of a jet ski. Ronald Williams, 48 years old, had been unable to get the watercraft started, but decided to float away on it anyway. According to deputies, the family was about to head out on the water for the afternoon, but they allowed deputies to take their boat over to the suspect, who was still floating in the intercoastal waterway trying to get the thing started. The body camera footage is hysterical because at one point they kept telling him to put his hands up and he wasn't doing it. And they actually had a draw on him. And you just see a guy in a jet ski finally leaning back his hands up and there's a gun pointed at it. It was just the it's like some Tiger King stuff, man. Uh, with the jet ski scene and Tiger King, funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, they took the guy into custody. Finally, without incident, they returned the jet ski to its owner. It's just like, why would you? He just out there floating out there floating he's lucky somebody didn't swim he's in florida he's lucky somebody didn't swim over there and beat him or toss him to a gator it's like those car thieves that can't drive a stick yes it's perfect oh my gosh uh polk county florida two naked people naked man and a woman in towels were arrested in polk county florida sheriff's deputies picked up a particularly awkward moment i there's no awkward moment i mean i guess when you're making a felony arrest 29 year old suspect a man was in his shower and then apparently they had just showered. The female uh, was out in a towel. Deputies show up and they said uh, they knocked on the door and they were able to they were able to arrest them as awkwardly as it was. Felony arrest warrants for tampering with victim and burglary with assault and battery. The uh, they said this is literally their, their affidavit. The deputy found a, quote, wet, naked man hiding behind a door in the bathroom. So, and she was arrested for trying to hide him. And she got charged with violating her probation. And they were both transported to jail, properly attired, notes the affidavit. Uh, Two Florida burglars sought by the sheriff after an intense struggle to steal an empty safe. Polk County Sheriff's Office is trying to trying to identify two blur- burglary suspects that broke into a Lakeland carpet store and stole their very heavy yet empty safe. Oh, man. Sunday at 3 a.m., they used crowbars at Ronnie's Carpets. And they were struggling with this beast of a safe, flipping it over and over and then trying to push it to the door. The damn thing was empty. All of that work for nothing. They're on video over and over and over again. Intense struggle. Law enforcement would like any information. You can call the Crime Stoppers. It's 1-800-226-TIPS and report. It's the, I mean, the video footage from the CCTV is hysterical. Third hour on the way. Senator Mike Lee will join us coming up. A lot to discuss. Stick with us. Um, on the solar panels, how is this not a gift to Chinese uh, solar manufacturers, who many of whom operate with forced labor and are subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party? Um, so 
Okay. You know, today's announcement is about one country and one country alone, and it's about the United States. Hmm. That was a really good question from Jackie Heinrich to Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday evening on that whole DPA solar panel business from POTUS. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Third hour of our show. Senator Mike Lee is scheduled to join us later on. And she really couldn't answer that. I mean, when you're China's just basically using a number of other countries to send their product through. So they can say, well, it's not coming from us, so it, sh- it shouldn't be subject to uh, any tariffs. That's what they're doing. That's their, whole, that's their whole thing. And Biden's just playing right along into it, right along into it. And also with the presser, because this is all about energy and gas prices, the, the administration's wanting to, they think, oh, we got to do relief now. Let's push green energy as opposed to just getting some more oil and gas domestically. Let's do that. Listen to this real quick. This is Karine Jean-Pierre again. This is Audio Sun by 5 saying that Biden is coming through with the solar stuff. This is what's going to help you. I was going to say first, the president, you know, when he takes the Defense Protection Act, it's to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Uh, It is an important tool that he has used a couple of times and has been incredibly effective. Uh, So uh, for this particular Clean Energy Defense uh, Production Act, uh, he is invoking the Defense Production Act to rapidly expand uh, domestic production uh, of solar panel parts, building insulation, heat pumps, and more. He is putting the full force uh, of the federal government's purchasing power behind supporting American clean energy manufacturers, and he is providing U.S. solar uh, deployers uh, the short-term stability they need to build clean energy uh, projects and deliver more affordable What is that going to do for gas prices now? What is that going to do for gas prices right now? Nothing. Are you tell- telling people to put those 15000 per panel things on their cars? I'm just curious. I'm just... This is so ridiculous. Gas prices are just under $5. I mean, it's record height. Did you see what they were in California? Six and seven dollars a gallon. I, it's amazing. It is, I, this is bad. You think, yeah, this is so, it's, I mean, the, it's off the charts bad. And it's bad for Democrats. And they think that pushing this is going to help. Yeah, well, we're, we have high gas prices right now. We're going to solve that with uh, solar panels. Green energy. I, it's pretty stunning. And it was front and focus at that press avail yesterday, the regular press conference. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about Biden and Saudi Arabia because, remember, he had been begging OPEC, please produce more oil. And the first time they said no, listen to this. Just want to get back to what you said a minute ago with Saudi Arabia. I mean, finding more oil and getting up to market is such a key part of, of the broader strategy with Russia right now. When OPEC Plus made that announcement, you could have a statement saying we recognize the role of Saudi Arabia in achieving this consensus. You're saying when the president, when senior administration officials are talking to people in Saudi Arabia, the question of oil production never comes up? I'm saying it's not it's not the it's not the focus it's not the on the agenda right that's something for OPEC plus to decide uh, clearly uh, Saudi Arabia chairs that uh, and so we just want to be very clear on that Wow clear it's gonna be clear on that just you know 
I don't. Do you think she's better or worse than Saki? She well, doesn't have a lot to work with. What I noticed is Saki was able to lie while looking in their eyes, and Jean Pierre here has to look at the the notebook to lie to people. So I think in that respect, I think uh, Saki was a little better. You almost made me think of a JoJo character, Jean Pierre Polnareff. Almost did. Almost went. Uh, I was like Polnareff. No, Karina Jean Pierre. Oh, okay. Five people will get that in our audience. I'm sorry. <sighs> Meanwhile, gas prices are super high. And so the other thing that Democrats are hoping fixes this is their Kabuki Theater Thursday, the J6. I hate, the, I hate even the phraseology of it. It's also dumb. And you're going to see Liz Cheney and uh, the guy who kissed Democrat butt and then got redistricted out of his seat to... Irrelevancy once again, Adam Kinzinger. He's to Liz Cheney as Chris Murphy is to Nancy Pelosi in a way. I I don't think this this is gonna be why are they doing this prime time? This is so stupid. It is so dumb. They're doing this prime time. This is all just it's this is such a Hail Mary to help them out in midterms. No, they're not going to make any. It's it's going to they keep going. Oh, there's new information. If they had any kind of information that it would have dropped it. This is more of the Mueller is coming stuff. It's just amazing to me how you have a story where Hillary Clinton, the DNC, they worked with literally Russia through a third party and a, a firm called Fusion GPS that should be registered as a foreign lobbyist and they're not, even though they were trying to get some of these sanctions against these oligarchs dropped. They, this whole thing happens where they smear and undermine faith in a free and fair election. They actually try to, I mean, they tried to cancel your vote. Essentially that was, they abused the DOJ. They abused a FISA court. They used all their power and all of these agencies to spy on people, to plant false stories through the DOJ and Fusion GPS with reporters that they then used for the FISA court. Why are we not having hearings on that? That's what we should be having hearings on. And instead, it's all about some people who left a protest, who left a rally to have a protest and a tiny amount of them engaged in uh, destruction. And it wasn't even, like I said, first hour, it wasn't even like Antifa BLM level destruction. It was destruction all the same, but it wasn't as bad as what we saw Democrat voters doing in the streets. You know, burning down entire neighborhoods and you know, family businesses that were historically black owned, but yet everything else is racist. I don't know. It's true, though. It is. Hmm. That should be really, that should be streamed. Liz Cheney, I was kind of ambivalent about her before. I don't understand. the. I dislike her now. I don't understand the point, her strategy here. I, she, I, I've said before, I think her, her game is to try to outlast what she sees as some kind of Trump influence on the party and then be there to take it over. I don't get it. Does it make sense, does it? It's just odd. Just odd. So I, um, I'm seeing some other video come out about some, cause they've been moving a lot of the gun stuff in the Senate. I'm seeing a lot, some new video come out about that. 
Uh, also, a couple of other pulling up my run. It's been I haven't even gotten everything here coming in with my rundown. Biden's upset. Because he believes that he's being viewed as another Carter. And so he is uh, infuriated over this. He thinks the staff has kept him out of the loop on the baby formula crisis. So he's blaming other people for how he's being perceived. He comes back from the beach all mad. I don't know anyone else who goes to the beach on another vacation. I I had a headline where he has gone on uh, more vacations than I think almost any other. He's on track for the most vacations for any president ever. And he's there in the beach again. He comes back mad. Who do you know that goes on vacation and comes back angry? So he's upset over the way he's perceived. And I think he's upset over being blamed for not increasing any kind of momentum or trust in the American people that's hurting all these Democrats now. They're going to dump him. So it's uh, rainbow capitalism. I got to share the story with you. The Burger King campaign for rainbow capitalism month. Did you see this? It's on our rundown. They found themselves in hot water with their pride month campaign in Austria. They unveiled a pride whopper, which consists of the regular burger And then you have two top buns or two bottom buns. Yeah, I'm serious. That's what they did. It's where you can order it with two tops or two bottoms of buns. That's literally what they did. That was their campaign in Austria. I don't know why people think that it is inappropriate because it is a burger that is taking part in sexual advertising if you have sex a certain way this burger's for you that's what that's what it is that's what i'm not wrong that's exactly what it is so they have and that was their actual ad people on twitter were so outraged you're not outraged about a burger that's just a the way it is because it's how you have sex with people a month but I just, I don't know. I haven't eaten a Burger King in a long time. Flame broiled! But they're getting a lot of uh, mean tweets for it. Someone said, what in straight hell? (laughs) That's what someone said as as a response. And the Burger King in Austria did not respond. New York Post wrote a piece on it. But everyone said it was a stale sex joke. It's a joke that's celebrating how you have sex. So why is that? Is it, can you really be inappropriate with it? Right? I mean, let's just be honest. That's what it is. This whole thing is how you have sex capitalism month. That's all this is. Where everything is determined by what you scream privacy for, but you want public marketing for. Doesn't make sense. I just, to me, it's just like, why can't you just live your life and not have to have everything be divided amongst how people do it? Isn't it, are people not divided enough? Like, are we going to have now left-handed and right-handed? It's left-handed month. I mean, stop. I don't think it's a... I think it's actually kind of funny. It is funny. People are lame. And then I had another... Hold up. I had more. I don't know if I'm going to have time to get into this one. Uh, There was a group of 
Washington State Gender Identity Nonprofits, Chris Chris Rufo had this, where a coalition of taxpayer-funded trans organizations is demanding that society decolonize the gender binary and provide reparations to trans people and affirm mustaches and uh, copulatory organs as authentic expressions of womanhood. They want reparations. Women, men who say they're women, but have penises want reparations in Washington state. Where's the asteroid to hit this ridiculous rock? And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's quick five brought to you by Caltech. So a report out written by Jenny Cruda, CNN might dump overtly partisan talent. According to a new report, they may be preparing to offload some of their more overtly partisan talent. According to a new Axios piece, they say that the new CNN chief, Chris Light, is evaluating the network stable of on-air talent to determine who's going to fit with programming tailored to be less partisan. Very interesting. Jeff Zucker definitely didn't do that. So we'll see what happens with this new head. Oh, man. New York Senate passed a bill allowing for human composting. Go green after you kick the bucket. Oh, my gosh. They say that 1.4 million acres of land in the U.S. alone is used for cemeteries. I think it's, can I just be honest? I think cemeteries are weird. I mean, they're super goth and all that. But, I mean, that's like a lot of real estate. You know what I'm saying? Every year, 1,600 acres of new land is needed for that and they've said that cremation apparently is not more environmentally friendly i really don't care don't care you're dead you don't care you're dead so they're like what about composting that's human composter is that a job i mean you guess it could be democrats call on the ftc to protect mobile location data of people seeking abortions amid concerns that it could be purchased by anti-abortion vigilantes. Great, now do a gun registry, the kind that you want with universal background checks. Do that one. Man, parasailing freaks me out. I did it one time and I was just not, realized I didn't like heights. A woman was killed and her two children injured when their parasail slammed into a bridge in the Florida Keys because and the, after the captain cut the line that tethered them to the boat. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission said in an incident report that as the wind began to pick up, it caused the parasail to peg, meaning it was controlled by wind gusts instead of the vessel's captain. And then the guy cut the line tethered to the three victims. Holy wow. I don't know that I would parasail anywhere near there was a highway or a bridge or anything like that. I would never, never, ever. And today in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, Dozens have gathered to watch the sharpening of a giant number two pencil near Lake of the Isles. This is in Minneapolis. A large crowd turned out over the weekend to see a giant pencil sharpened. That actually happened. It's like a thing that they do up there. They said that they turned this giant oak tree that was damaged during a 2017 thunderstorm into a huge work of art, a.k.a. the pencil. And they sharpened it and everyone turned out. I mean, you know, whatever, I guess, gets you going. Senator Mike Lee, scheduled to join us next. Stay with us. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You're talking about a constitutional right to keep and bear arms. 
people who are law-abiding citizens are in good mental health and uh, aren't a threat to the public. Um, and so I think focusing on concerns about mental health and on people with criminal background records is, a, is an obvious area where uh, I think we can work together. Mm, that is Senator John Cornyn from Texas who was asked there in between meetings. Apparently he previously met with uh, actor Matthew McConaughey, who's speaking at the White House uh, press availability uh, right now. Uh, apparently he met with him just a little bit earlier, and he made a good point. I mentioned this also in our last segment. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Cornyn had uh, discussed the, the juvenile records, had mentioned the juvenile records of serious felonious activity of people under age 18, why, and, and, and kind of intimated that he would like to see it maybe transfer over. It gets into a legality that I... I don't even know the legality of doing something like that, but it does seem like that might be a better answer than punitively raising the age for people who are in that weird limbo between fully fully adult and, and not. Joining us right now, he's always been so clear on this issue, and I have always appreciated his reasoned responses to the issues, even when it is sensational and over the top in D.C. and everywhere else. Senator Mike Lee from the beautiful state of Utah joins us now. And he also has a brand new book out today, Saving Nine, the fight against the left's audacious plan to pack the Supreme Court and destroy American liberty. Senator, we're so glad for your time today. I know it's busy. You guys are all back in session. I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the legislation that is being proposed. I know Senator Lindsey Graham has a bill that he's been working on with Senator Blumenthal, and they're looking at possibly red flag laws, or I know some others are proposing increasing raising that age. I wanted to get your thoughts on this as you all are starting this monumental effort to discuss this and see what's going to come of it. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show, Dana. And yeah, whenever something like this happens, it's tragic, it's heartbreaking. My heart breaks for all those affected by these things. We do have to remember that by the time a mass shooting occurs, many laws have been broken. In many instances, it's dozens of laws that have been broken. I I think we do have to be mindful of the impulse that's often incorrect to go and pass another law in response to the violation of dozens of laws. Uh, all of that said, look, we, we, we understand that there are problems happening. There are reasons why some of these people, often young men, are sinking into this state of isolated despair and sometimes carrying out horrific acts. I think it's important for us to understand why they do those things and what warning signs people around them can learn from uh, in order to stop them. But whenever we do this, we have to be very careful that we don't respond in such a way as to punish the law abiding. Uh, That would be bad for public policy, especially keeping in mind that very often what stops a mass shooting, what interrupts the mass shooter is a a person exercising his or her second amendment rights by carrying a weapon. That's a very good point. We saw that in the Clackamas Mall uh, shooting where there was a concealed carry permit holder that intervened there. Sutherland Springs was another talking with Senator Mike Lee on this. And, and, and that's kind of that's kind of the issue. There were so in all of these cases, sadly, there these these killers were known to law enforcement in Parkland. We discovered the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, School Safety Commission discovered that uh, in the days, weeks and months after that 
not only had police visited this killer's home, you know, 40 some odd times, but his behavior had been reported and not just his behavior, but the behavior of other students who were engaged in criminal activity that was serious enough to be classified as a felony. And yet none of this stuff was being reported to authorities. And there was this intent to reduce that school to prison pipeline. And it seems that many of these school officials think that simply by not reporting increased violence or escalation of violent behavior that that we're reducing crime because we're not reporting it we saw that in florida in uvalde apparently this person was known to police students and and classmates were aware of escalating violent behavior he was sending rape and death threats to women online but yet nothing was done and then everyone talks about red flag talk to us a little bit about this what happened to the see something say something that we all heard about in the after in the years after 9-11 yeah apparently we're being told to look the other way now and not say anything and instead curtail the rights of the law abiding which makes little sense to me um look um there, there is not a good reason that I can think of, not another analogy, where we tend to think this way as a matter of public policy. I feel sometimes like people who are advocating for more stringent gun laws, looking for an excuse to ban a particular type of firearm, a firearm commonly held by law-abiding persons, uh, uh, good free citizens f- for lawful purposes. Uh, People who are trying to take away guns from the law-abiding very often are like a person carrying around a hammer uh, to whom everything starts to look like a nail, and even when it's harmful to do so. And I I think that's dangerous, and Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. Yeah, very, very unfortunate indeed, talking with Senator Mike Lee. If if Lindsey Graham is able, uh, this red flag uh, law uh, proposal that I had mentioned, if this is something that comes forward as a vote, would you oppose would you oppose this legislation or do you find anything in there that you support i I haven't seen his legislation from what i know of it i couldn't support it insofar as you're taking away a constitutionally protected right from a person without pre-deprivation due process without judicial review and an opportunity to present evidence uh, in one's defense uh, i can't support that i can't support that because the constitution can't The 5th and the 14th Amendments contain due process clauses uh, saying that you can't deprive someone of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Due process of law means review by a court with fair procedures in an appropriate time frame before the liberty interest is removed from you. And so uh, I, I can't support something that doesn't afford that basic constitutional minimum. Yeah. And, and it's it's important to note, too, in all these there's a number of states that have these and they still see these horrific crimes that take place. California, Colorado, New York with Buffalo. Is it fair to say, Senator, that that firearms in the in the diminishment of due process as it relates to red flags, that firearms are a variable, that this breakdown of due process could also be applied to other cases that don't involve firearms? Oh, sure. Look, this is a very slippery slope, Dana. If we start taking away constitutionally protected rights and conditioning them on the whim, uh, the caprice of an individual government official without pre-deprivation due process in a court of competent jurisdiction, you're going to end up with a lot of problems. I mean, uh, we would never dream of doing this with regard to First Amendment rights, at least not yet. We start with the Second Amendment. Who else knows where else it could turn? It's very, very concerning. Look, we know that things like this tend to happen uh, more, they, people tend to take encouragement uh, from getting publicity, 
even the shooter who knows or believes that he will die or intends to die in the attack often appears to crave the publicity. Why are we giving them so much publicity in advance? Mm -hmm. Now, I understand there are First Amendment protections at stake, and so there's probably not anything that we can do constitutionally about that, but as a matter of, uh, of prudence and caution, I would think some of the media companies that give so much publicity to these mass shooters might want to reconsider that strategy. One last quick question on this, and I want to ask you about the formula, and then also we got to talk about your book as well, because all of this plays into the Supreme Court. If people are unhappy, if Democrats are unhappy with the Supreme Court's uh, decisions, they want to pack the court. Is there the question that I started with, with with Cornyn, or the issue that I we we started our segment with? I am unaware of any uh, laws that would prevent you know juvenile records from carrying over if it's a serious you know felonious activity. Do you can you give any clarification or an enlightenment for us on that? I, because that seems to be an issue where all of these people had juvenile records, but yet you know you turn eighteen, Uvalde, we don't know. Apparently, that was sealed. Is that is that something that you that you think could be looked into as a way to at least establish some kind of record for dangerous individuals? Yeah. So we've identified certain categories of people who uh, who should not have a gun. Convicted felons are sort of chief among them. People who have been convicted of a misdemeanor of domestic violence uh, are also on that list, as are people who have been adjudicated mentally defective or institutionalized to a mental institution. Um, but in the event that you're dealing with juveniles, there, apparently there's some indication that juvenile records in many, if not most, state court proceedings are being sealed. So even if they might be felony level crimes that were convicted, uh, where the individual was convicted, to the extent they're being sealed, they might not ever make it onto the next list, uh, meaning they might not ever be identified as someone on par with a convicted felon who, as a convicted felon, can't be allowed to purchase or even possess a firearm. So yeah, if there are holes in that, I think we ought to look into it. I, I think that's a, a relatively easy problem to remedy. If in fact, we've got a category of convicted felons who are being allowed to circumvent the express command of the law, yeah, I think that's a gap we could fill. I haven't verified exactly how that works yet, but I, I'm happy to look into that one. Yeah, I would I would love to see how that could be possible because it seems that that would be the the, the obvious route to take as opposed to punishing you know, every law-abiding 18 to 21-year-old. It's a very con weird uh, debate to have because we're, we're ultimately arbitrarily determining the age for adulthood. But it's so inconsistent with, you know, you can vote here, you can serve your military here. It seems very strange to me that we would tell someone that we can draft you. Yeah. Not only can you go into the military, but we can draft you and conscript you into military service involuntarily. Yeah. Uh, but you can't buy a gun at that age. It seems it's that we a very to pick a yeah, let's talking. make it consistent. Now, I don't see the need, need to change it, but if, if it's going to be changed, let's change everything. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Talking with Senator Mike Lee. Okay, so the formula issue, to, when you mentioned uh, easily solved problems, I'm not quite sure why we needed the theater of the president getting military planes to bring formula over from Europe when, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, it's that we're just disallowed from importing formula from Europe based on what seem to be some questionable FDA standards. I know you've been talking about this and you have plans to address it. Tell us a little bit more about how easily this whole issue could be resolved. Yeah, Dana, there is no natural formula shortage. This entire shortage is of government's own creation. 
The federal government did this first by imposing protectionist trade policies to keep these things out. Secondly, by putting unreasonable labeling requirements such that it makes it virtually impossible to sell European formulas that are uh, just as healthy as ours inside the United States. Finally, the way the WIC program is administered, very often it makes it impossible for you to buy any type of formula with a WIC voucher, except for that specific formula listed on the voucher. My bill, the Formula Act, would suspend all three of these problems for at least six months. And by so doing, it would bring about an end to this crisis. This is an easy one to fix. That's we easy. tried to pass it. I think we're get it, gonna get it done, but it's taking some time more time than it should because Democrats are objecting to it. Yeah, I just I it's just it was just so odd to watch Corinne Jean-Pierre at these at the regular White House press briefing and they're talking, well, well, we've could, we've asked United Airlines to bring formula over and I I made the we have shipping companies that do that and we could do it easily. We do. I mean, do you know how many thousands of these commandeered military flights he would have to take in order to do it? But as you say, the free market will take care of this. If only the federal government will allow it to happen. That's all they have to do. Yeah. Your book, Saving Nine, the fight against the left's audacious plan to pack the Supreme Court and destroy American liberty. I can think of few people that are in a better position to write this book than you with your understanding. I remember when people were talking about filling the Supreme Court and nominating. This was during Amy Coney Barrett. Everyone kept saying, Senator Mike Lee, I did not want you to go in the Supreme Court because I wanted you in the Senate. I did not want to lose you in the Senate. And you have a great understanding of this. You, uh, you, this is a great book, and I've, I've been, I started reading it. It's out today. Tell us a, a, a quick thing about it, uh, and congrats on it too, by the way. Oh, thank you. You know, I wrote Saving Nine. I uh, started writing it about a year ago because I started seeing what was about to happen. I realized that the Supreme Court was going to grant or had already granted review in the Dobbs case. And I started predicting that they might overturn Roe versus Wade because Roe versus Wade is bad law. It finds no foundation whatsoever in the text, history, structure of the Constitution. And so I thought the Supreme Court might well overturn it, as well it should. I then started predicting, wait a minute, if that happens, this is a sacrament to the left. The left is going to try to demonize, denigrate, and isolate the Supreme Court, and they're going to try to pack it. So I, I realized nobody else had done a, an exhaustive explanation of this. Uh, no one has written a book, to my knowledge, about court packing and about the impact that it had the last time Democrats tried this in 1937. This book does that. Look, when you buy Saving Nine and read it, you will never lose another political argument in your life. Not oh, just about the Supreme Court, but about the separation of powers between the three branches and the relationship between the states and the federal government, all of which were changed changed for the worse in 1937 when the Supreme Court buckled to Roosevelt's demonization and intimidation of the court. This time it could be much worse. We, we have so much more to lose today yeah. and it, it will, I fear, whether it succeeds or fails legislatively, as in 1937, it will inflict irreparable harm on our system of government. And so I'd encourage uh, all of your viewers uh, uh, to go out and buy Saving Nine today and, and read it. It's a very important book. Saving Nine, the new book out from Senator Mike Lee today. Get it where books are sold. Senator Mike Lee from Utah, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Congratulations on the book, and thank you for your defense of natural rights. We're, we're grateful. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. DanaLash.com as well. The, the newsletter over at Substack. You can hit the subscribe link up at the top. 
Uh, Matthew McConaughey just spoke at the White House uh, daily press briefing and his gun control proposals do not solve the problem as I explained point by point with independent research and crime data in last night's newsletter, which you can access at Substack chapter and verse. And we'll keep you updated with what the Senate does. And then, of course, the J6, whatever, theater on Thursday. We'll follow that as well. In the meantime, today in stupidity. Well, our president didn't speak today, so <laughs> there's nothing. You there's are nothing so mean. Well, I'm just stating facts. Truthful. So but it's AOC. Also, in the spirit of pride, I wanted to have a note on gender inclusivity in Spanish language. People sometimes like to make a lot of drama over the term Latinx, but even before Latinx, people were trying to do this like an at to have the A. Just stop. Latinx is not going anywhere. So quit pushing it. Yeah, folks, that does it for us today. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we'll be back together here, me behind the mic, tomorrow.